You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. You're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. I always start the shows with I'm very excited with our having our guests, but I'm like over the moon with our guests today. And um, we have Wendy Rodrigue. And the, the last name may sound familiar if you're an art appreciator or follower of the arts, but we, our team got to see Wendy Rodrigue at the Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation, Love for the Arts Good Luncheon. She was the speaker. She blew us all away. She made us think about art differently. And we're all very creative people, but to walk away from something and feel like there's so much more to the creativity that we don't know felt just like amazing and dynamic. So Wendy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shane. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So I want, if you could tell us about um, yourself and, and what you do and what's the life and legacy tour of George Rodriguez. Sure. Well, my life's work literally for the last, well, it'll be 30 years next year, has been to share George Rodriguez, his life and his art in as broad and as quality a manner as possible. Um, George and I did together 26 museum exhibitions. I actually had to count them up for something the other day and I couldn't even believe it that I either curated or co-curated solo shows around the world. And I had a... um an uncle that I called who had lost his wife to cancer uh, while George was sick I called him because we still thought George was going to make it but I was having a panic attack which happens Mm -hmm. and I said what am I going to do uncle and what am I going to do he's my whole world Mm -hmm. and my uncle said something I didn't want to hear at the time but that has come back to help me so much he said he still can be that's amazing. Yeah, it changed everything because when I was able to finally pull out of my hole um, of grief, it what pulled me out was when I realized how much George needs me. Mm-hmm. And when I realized, I feel responsible for him. It yeah. sounds crazy, but I do. I feel responsible for him. I also, if something happens, for example, that I know would really hurt him, I'm hurt on his behalf. Mm-hmm. If something happens that I know would be very joyous for him, mm-hmm. I'm joyous on his behalf. And you're such a, you like radiate joy. And so for for us, we all went back to the office and we're talking about it. You're kind of art yourself. Do you feel that? Thank you. You know, it is interesting you say that because I am not a painter. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone killed my spirit years ago. And there's a whole story about that that I use sometimes in schools to help kids both with be careful what you say because you might crush someone's spirit. And also, no matter what someone says, don't let them crush your spirit. Yeah. I won't go into that whole story now that's, that's another whole listener. podcast yeah. but, <laughs> part two with Wendy Rodriguez is self-care and don't right. <laughs> but it is so interesting because I have found that storytelling is really my art mm. it's my creative outlet and I'm not afraid of it I'm I actually get really excited about where will the paintings lead us where will George's yeah. story lead us and frankly where will the journey of everyone else out there lead yeah. us we dive into other people's paintings we dive into other people's 
stories. We all have a story. Mm-hmm. We all have a journey. Um, yeah, and it's great. I I love that. So I will say we're in an interesting space right now mm-hmm. in a normal space. Mm-hmm. We're at the Hyatt in um, Grand Boulevard because uh, Wendy is on her way out of town back to New Orleans, and that's where you hear some of the noise in the background. Is we're kind of in a coffee shop lobby of the hotel. So, <laughs> but we did not want to miss the opportunity. We're like, okay, where do we have to set this up? Gas station, hotel lobby, <laughs> like wherever we can do it. So it was great, but. For, for us, I think experiencing what you presented at the lunch the other day was, I was, I, I'm not a collector of George Rodriguez art. I've seen Blue Dog because the Blue Dog paintings are, um, and the work is so influential in our area. Uh-huh. Like you see it in a lot of places and I was introduced through Maddie Kelly, but even seeing the art, it didn't come alive for me until your storytelling oh, piece. Thank you. And so are you aware that you are introducing people to art appreciation, even though you're not an artist like is that are you hyper aware of that because that's happening you know what what really signaled that for me Mm -hmm. I can tell you and it was a real light bulb and very exciting when I realized it life and legacy has just exploded I founded it in 2017 and let's see yesterday with the seaside school and then children in crisis ah, that would be school number 90 oh my gosh that's a lot (laughs) I'll hit my 100th school this spring so it's very exciting and of course each school is many sessions some schools are as many as six days depending on the size of it but back to your question in that first like six months Mm -hmm. when I was in north I was in north Louisiana and I had been invited to speak at a technical school Mm -hmm. called Caddo Career and Technology Center and it was for a commercial art class and it draws from 11 high schools in the Shreveport Bossier area so I thought oh this would be great and I brought some original paintings like I usually do and um, I thought they're into it you know commercial art class and I go in and I asked um, for how many of you is this the first time that you've ever seen an original Rodriguez painting because George and I did three museum exhibitions in the past oh 15 years or so in the Shreveport area and I thought maybe their parents had taken them or something like that you know because the shows were hugely successful the whole thing every one of them raised their hand none of them had ever seen an original Rodrigue and then their teacher interjected and she said Wendy if I may for how many of you commercial art class remember is this the first time you've ever seen an original painting by anyone and half the room raised their hand. Really, that's incredible. They do everything digitally, everything on their computer. Mm. They are not exposed to museums. They don't get out. And that was light bulbs going off for me. Like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing something really worthwhile here. Absolutely. Basically bringing the museum to the students. And mm. museums can be very intimidating places, unfortunately. Yeah, sometimes you don't feel like so, you are the person for a museum. You know, yeah. that, it's intimidating. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it opened up a whole new world for them. They asked a million questions, and they got so excited about the works. They mm-hmm. came up. They they wanted to see the backs of the paintings. They wanted to see the texture in the paintings. They, mm-hmm. may I please touch? And I would say, okay, everybody can touch this little corner right here. Let's just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so generous, too, because <laughs> most artists, even I think, too, you don't feel like you can ever engage or interact with art, really. Mm-hmm. And certainly, it's not, it's rare 
in my experience, it's been rare that someone's ever translated art for me because when I see art and when I make it myself, which I'm a, I'm a brand new artist, I've been doing some digital art. My dog passed away not too long ago and I recreated her little paw and it just felt like a way to connect. That I think is what really kind of tied, like drew me to your story is that creativity can heal, art can heal. And it's um, like our creativity lives way longer than we do. Yes. And that's so incredible. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the entire room. Oh, like, I don't mean to do that. <laughs> my son was there. My son's 22. We were all like, <laughs> like, you know, a little bit crying because you get this feeling that everybody's been hurt or everybody's experienced loss. Yes. But art can really kind of help you out of that. And your story was just it just blew our minds. Well, thank you. Um, two things that, that reminds me of what you said. One is that George used to often say that art takes on a life of its own mm. long after the artist is gone. Yeah. And it is true. You know, there's no wrong. Not only are there no mistakes in art, which, of course, we all know that preaching mantra, but there's yeah. also no mistakes in how you interpret art. Mm. It is your interpretation is just as valid as the artist's reasons for creating it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that that reminds me of was yesterday I spent yesterday evening at um, Children in crisis mm -hmm. in Fort Walton. Oh, wow. Um, for your listeners who don't know, this is a, a foster home community mm -hmm. in Fort Walton, and I grew up in Fort Walton Beach, so to be able to come back here and... What an just, impact. Oh, it feels good to be back here. It feels really good. In fact, yeah. um, I'm in discussions with the Maddie Kelly Foundation, Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation, to make this a biannual, a twice a year mm. uh, regular thing, so every spring and every fall for a week of oh, education we outreach, because I just oh, yeah. love coming back here in, mm -hmm. in this kind of partnership. So I think Melanie Moore and I pretty much have that down. Yeah, she's pretty awesome, <laughs> We're gonna be doing that. She, she, she totally gets it. And it's great. Well, you brought some art with us with you today. I did. And I want to talk about it a little bit. There was a piece, and I think we're gonna, we'll share this photo. There was a piece at the um, luncheon the other day that was your wedding portrait yes. that George painted that was, I, I guess it was him as mm -hmm. with the blue dog head, and then you. And as you were talking, I noticed that um, in presenting and telling your story, something about that piece, when I first walked in and I saw it I thought oh that was really cool you know because that's kind of my level for understanding art but as you were telling the story I started to see that there were little nuances in the painting itself like the waves around your hair that there was this vibration ah, in the that. art and yeah. it was like coming alive as you were telling your story so I'm gonna challenge you can you make these pieces come alive Ooh. on podcast with us could you explain to us what you brought well you know what why don't we start with this little precious okay. precious number which I did not share at the luncheon, but just mm. simply because it's just so small it's and it was beautiful. a big crowd and I couldn't, you know, get it back. But here we are in an intimate, non-visual format <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> no one can see it, but so no one can see it, but it's a small, precious piece. So this is a drawing mm. that George did in 1974. Mm. And it's of a woman, Jolie Blonde, which means pretty blonde, and he's really known for having painted her. Mm. And What's great about it is he painted her, I mean, literally more than a hundred times over his almost 50 year career. And usually with various models, um, I was very fortunate to be his model for more than 20 years for Jolie Blonde. But this first Jolie Blonde he made up. 
out of his out of his mind his first ones and so this was his very first rendering of her this i think it's very lyrical mm. this drawing it's very romantic it's from a story about a, a convict in port arthur texas and he was pining away for his lost love mm. his jolie blonde and he wrote a beautiful waltz about her which has since become the cajun anthem so i am this is a real treasure for me mm-hmm. drawn on rice paper from 1974 that i carry with me kind of as a lucky charm and George used to say and I bring this one up because you described the wedding portrait that in me he had found his showy blonde which is like which meant so much and of course I used to get all embarrassed about that but my mother just loved it right <laughs> oh yes Wendy you're, <laughs> you're a muse my mother would yeah. hear that about their daughter right so, <laughs> so, really so beautiful and then the other lucky charm that I carry with me everywhere and I did have this one with me at the luncheon is a piece that George did in exactly 10 years ago in 2010 at a school called Martin Berman which is uh, in Algiers on the west bank of New Orleans it's a very old school in fact my father is an alma mater of uh, Martin and Berman you brought and your he's father in his 80s to the yeah. luncheon oh, he, he was lovely. there yes it was great so what George would do when we visited schools like this is he'd bring a big blank canvas and he would paint for the kids while I told his story been doing this a long time but it's definitely going down new paths anyway afterwards he would always sit down and he would paint with the kids all afternoon. So this was done while painting with a whole group of first graders. Oh, wow. In the cafeteria. And you can tell that he was having fun. For your listeners, it's a giant blue dog head on a little canvas about, oh, about seven inches square. And what's great about it is it's all these very vibrant colors, obviously blue with yellow eyes and bright yellows and oranges in the background. But above the dog's head is this big swirling, swirling image. And I have the kids guess, what is that? Is it the sun? Is it imagination? Is it the cosmos? Um, someone in the school the other day said, um, where was I? Oh, I know. At the Emerald Coast Autism Center, one of the children said, and I loved this, it's the wind. It's oh. the wind. And I would ask them, now, did Mr. George use a paintbrush to paint the wind? And they all got it. They all got it. They said, no. He used his finger, and that's because he was there with all these first graders watching them paint. And he said, I want to do that, and painted with his finger. George loved to quote Pablo Picasso, who famously said, it took me a whole lifetime to learn how to paint like a child again. I oftentimes describe, um, particularly to adult audiences and actually older children audiences after the puberty thing, eighth grade, the most challenging, (laughs) I learned this as I go, that as adults, you know, get more narrow. Our focus becomes more and more narrow um, because we've got the responsibilities of paying our bills, of our families, of the environment, of politics, of the world. We have responsibilities. But as children, we're we're wide open like the sky. I mean, everything is open and possible. And of course, that is the key in life. If we can keep that wide open, then we do create and explore and we move forward as a society. I truly believe in a much healthier way. And so that's why I don't like to start school visits too early in the morning because I need my time to get centered, to be quiet, and to open myself up to that Yeah. Um, before I get in with the kids. Well, you're very much like that, too. You're very wide. I mean, you don't meet many adults that are wide open. You know, we're all very, like you said, plugged in, tunnel vision down. I mean, from my perception, you're, you know, introducing art to children who probably are the most ready for it, Yeah. you know, but then 
also teaching adults and reminding us that art is not just something to purchase and collect and own. It's something that reminds us that we are we're children once and that yes. we could create. Like that's so beautiful. It's still in all of us. Oh. It's so true. And you know, we get so afraid too because we all have been burned. We've all had situations where people betrayed us. Yeah. We feel like it and the trick is we can't keep that from we can't let that keep us from trusting. Yeah. We still have to trust. We still have to be wide open. We still have to risk getting burned. We have to risk hurt. Do you think I would have not married George if I'd known that I would have fallen into a hole and been yeah. for two years? And I really never thought I'd come out. I mean, it took yeah. everything I had. And, and I was here in Seaside, actually, for the first three months of it. And my sister found me a little carriage house that she just put me in. And she hung, she took down all the paintings in the house. I'm sorry if whoever it is knows that I was in your carriage house while your paintings came off the wall and went under the bed. And then she hung George's paintings and paintings by my nephews, her kids, all over the house and things like that. And I would literally, sometimes it would be all day, I would put the trash right by the door and look at it. And it would take me that long to get up the courage to be able to just walk to the end of the walk and put it in the can. Mm. There was something about being outside. And the only word I could think of is that I felt so exposed. My, I felt raw. Mm. I felt like my wound was so, like everybody could see it. Like I was filleted open. And then I saw everybody else walking around with their lives the same. They're walking their dogs. They're walking arm and arm. They're with their kids. They're riding their bikes. And my world felt over. Mm-hmm. But everybody... Unfortunately, if it hasn't already, it happens to everybody. At one time or another, your world will feel like it's over. I pulled out. If I can, you can too. Yeah, I love that so much. What a strong message. And I love the your sister's strength. Oh, my sister. And, and, yeah. and I love the photo you shared. You and I are Facebook friends now. Which <laughs> but the photo you shared of you and the Wolf Sisters, yes. which I love. And today's my sister's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. What's yeah. her name? Shannon. Oh, happy birthday, yeah. Shannon. So that's kind of exciting. But I think it's your story is also an illustration oh. of um, the people around you that really kind of help you um, when you're down and things are just kind of so difficult. Yeah. Family is that, right? It's the constant. They are. Um, rely on family. And since you brought that up, I will share if you don't mind with your listeners, there were three, everybody was hurling advice at me, of course, and I would of never course. even answer my phone. That was another thing. Every now and again, I would listen to messages, but very few of those. But there were a couple people I would pay attention to. Mm. One was George's psychiatrist mm. because George's cancer had entered his cerebral f- spinal fluid. And it wasn't that the psychiatrist could help George, but he was able, he came by every day for an hour while I, you know, I was with George 24 seven in the hospital room, but he was more to help me help George. Mm-hmm. And he was very worried about me after George died. And he would call every day and leave the same message. He would say, Wendy, don't do anything you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That was one. That's big. Huge. The second one was text messages from my yoga teacher. I oh, go nice. to a retreat with her once a year. And the message was, stay close to the floor. Now, for your listeners, that can be whatever that means for you. Staying close to the floor for me meant crawl to the floor from the bed to my yoga mat and start. And I found that when I started, I always finished my practice. And afterwards, in even the smallest inkling, I would feel better. 
in wow. some kind of a way and more like I could function. So whatever that might mean to you, it might mean walk on the beach, it might mean spend time with your child, it might mean, you know, any of those things, whatever stay close to the floor means. And finally, it was a message from her husband, my yoga teacher's husband, who is a meditation teacher. And he said something that didn't start translating for me until later, and that was relax the struggle, whatever that might mean to you. I use that one a lot. I use all three of those a lot today. People are always telling you it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. To me, relax the struggle is like, you're going to struggle, friend. Just lean into that. Is that... How did that, um, how do you translate that for the audience? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think, well, again, I think it can be personal. Obviously, it's personal to you, so it means to you. But for me, relaxing the struggle, I had this, uh, for example, this whole thing about feeling responsible for George. And I I almost have felt responsible for him to where I feel a panic when I see things happening within his legacy or in the direction of his art that I don't like, that I know are not good for him. Because I'm always looking at the big picture, and Mm -hmm. I feel responsible. So then... (gasps) And so it's relax and struggle with that. I am one person. I know who I am. And I can make this moment, this moment right here, Chantel, be very valuable in terms of um, sharing him and helping along that legacy in a positive way. So relax the struggle of feeling like you can control, in my case, control every single thing. That happens with regards to him. Yes, I feel responsible, but I am human. Yes. And I can only do that, you know, within the realm of my own capacity. I love that so much. Well, I want to make a little bit of time for you to tell us about where people can learn about the Life and Legacy Tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we keep these to 30 minutes. So, and I feel like there could be a part two. Like, I almost feel like in the fall when you come back, maybe Mm -hmm. we can, you know, go with you to one of the schools. Oh, that would be great. Listen to it as a child would listen to it and record it for the podcast be great that would be amazing but tell us how can we learn about your work well please come learn about it i have a a brand new 501c3 so i am not affiliated with any other organization except my little partnership with the maddie kelly foundation which i'm very excited about (laughs) who by the way was my first major donor because life and legacy just in december became yes its own 501c3 nonprofit. congratulations thank you i applied last february with the irs and had about giving up and lo and behold they didn't forget me anyway so along with that I have established with my sister's help she put it together our own website and that is legacyarttour.org what a great domain check it out that's so easy thank you my sister came up with that and it's got pictures it's always got the schedule on there it has an about section that talks about the history and it has a media section that has all kinds of um, TV interviews and podcasts and of course this one will be there as well and also contact information how to find out I'd love to come to your area wherever you are out there listeners because um, I am now in my eighth state I will hit my hundredth school I think I mentioned shortly and I can also tell you this we've been counting and in two years I have reached personally more than 40,000 kids and they're all in small groups I do them all in small groups and that's why some schools take as many as five or six days because I do so many sessions hour-long sessions each with small groups so that it's intimate because we do delve so much into illness and loss and joy and healing and life so I want the kids to feel comfortable in talking and you can't do that in an auditorium oh no definitely and 40,000 people 
small mm-hmm. people who are about to come their, become their own people, yeah. who now know that there are no mistakes in art, yeah. <laughs> that if you're feeling sad or whatever, that art will help you mm-hmm. to unleash their own creativity and to not grow up to be stuffy adults, which yeah. I think are really, really great. <laughs> I love that. No, <laughs> you, need to, you need to write art. Send that into my sister for our new little right. on the website because that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. And you wrote a book. and, and um, I did. Find your book on Amazon, right? Yes. I wrote a book about mine and George's life together. It took four years. George was around while I was working on it, although, but it came out just after he passed away. And it's called The Other Side of the Painting. Mm -hmm. It's published by UL Press. That's the University of Louisiana Press. Very generously published it for free. That's amazing. They sponsored the whole project. And it's got all the history you want to know. The basic history of things like, where did the blue dog come from? Who's Mm -hmm. in George's Aioli dinner? What about the Cajun paintings? Where did he go to school? How did he get to art school? Um, how did George grow up and become an artist? Which is a great story. Mm-hmm. And polio as a child. I go into that whole thing with the kids a lot. Very inspiring story. And then plus all kinds of other things. There's actually stories in there coming from the Fort Walton Beach and Emerald Coast area. Since nice. it's my hometown. But it's really, more than anything, a husband and wife's journey through the arts. Mm-hmm. I talk about our illness in there. And most importantly, it is full of George's quotes. I follow George around everywhere with a notebook. Mm-hmm. I've got notebooks after notebooks after notebooks. It's full of them. So learn what George had to say because he was wise, wise, wise. I learned more from him than I learned from anyone in my life. Um, well, so and we learned from you, Wendy. Thank so you. thank you so much. This has been, I always say our, every episode is my favorite one, but I think it. <laughs> George has uh, to say the fav- his very favorite painting is the one he's working on right now. Okay, so, there so you go. That, that makes me feel better. Well, we are learning from you and we're so grateful. Thank you for driving out here, for being willing to do this in like a public area. And Um, for being so vulnerable and open with us. So thank you. Thank you, Chantel. Appreciate it. And we hope that you will like, comment, and share. Email us, hello at francisroy.com if you'd like to know more information. And we'll set you up. We're going to share the website. We're going to share some photos from today, a link to Wendy's book, just like everything. So until next time, thank you. Thank you.